You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy E-Man. Yo, what up everybody? This is your boy E-Man coming at you episode 49. We just had probably one of the best semi-finals in playoff history with two game sevens on Sunday, Mother's Day. What a great gift for all the mothers. And, of course, the Golden State Warriors played an epic Game 6 after an unbelievable Game 5 against the Houston Rockets. Can you believe that? We actually had one of the best NBA second-round playoffs I've ever seen in my life. And I'm going to go and give you my take on every single one of them and my predictions for the Western Conference Finals. So, without further ado, baby, let's hit the music and let's get it. Alright, so here we go. One of the most improbable game-winning jump shots to decide a series happened last night when Kawhi Leonard hit that unbelievable five-bounce fadeaway with two players on him to shut the series down and close out Game 7 and taking the Raptors to the Western Conference Finals to meet the Milwaukee Bucks. Holy smokes. I, in all my years, <clears throat> never seen a shot to close out a series to win the game along less on a seventh game with that importance like that shot last night. It act, it took four bounces before it went in, including the first bounce was a high bounce. Usually that doesn't come back in. Unreal. Kawhi got busy. And this is what it sounded like last night with Kawhi closing out the game. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the tagger? You could tell the pause from Kevin Harlan and um, Greg Anthony on they didn't know whether that shot was going to go in or not. That's the insane part. It was one of those memorable shots. I don't think there's ever been a shot with that improbability of going in like that to decide a game or, or the biggest impact or effect he's going to have in a game. But just to break down the whole game, I mean, it was a close game. They went back and forth with each other. It was, it was you know, Toronto made a 13-3 and run. It had everything you wanted to see. It was an awesome series. It was probably one of the best series I've seen in a long time. It was up there with Golden State and the Rockets. I mean, nobody in the team showed up. It was all Kawhi Leonard proving that he is a top five player in this league and he's a force to be reckoned with up there with Kevin Durant, uh, Giannis Adekapumpo, LeBron James, uh, James Harden, and we'll get to James Harden a little later. But everybody didn't show up in that game. Siakam was nowhere to be found. Uh, the only other person that, that actually grind and did, did a lot of work was um, Ibaka. Eight rebounds, 17 points, hit some good threes, three three-pointers. And yeah, man, you know, I mean, for, for the 76ers, NB had a subpar game. He had 11 rebounds, but, you know, he shot six for 18, and nobody else really shot well in that series. Simmons, four out of five, you just can't win that way. Simmons can't hit an outside jump shot. So, you know, Jimmy Butler had an off night, but hit some clutch shots to keep him in the game. Uh, JJ Redick did his thing, but at the end of the day, it was just too much Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi took a lot of shots, 39 shots for Kawhi, but had 41 points, including that last shot. That was huge. That was huge. Shout out to the Raptors, man. Kawhi got busy, super busy. And thinking back, what other shot have I ever seen? Because it was just an unbelievable make. For the ball to bounce four times, it bounced four times in the rim. 
it had to be one of the softest touch I've ever seen. And it's the biggest shot with that improbability of falling, of going in to win and close out a series. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in my life of watching basketball. The only other time that something remotely like that comes to close uh, to mind is when the Knicks in the year 99, the eighth seed against Miami. And I think, but it was only, in the, it was in the first round. And Allen Houston, it was in game five. Allen Houston hit that jump shot that hit the front rim and fell in. That's the closest one. They closed, you know, that was the game winning shot to win the series. But at the end of the day, this is probably one of the greatest shots and the biggest impact and the most importance I've ever seen in an NBA playoff game ever. Wow. It was such a bad shot too, man, because Kawhi went out there. I mean, Kawhi took nine threes and hit two of them. That's how, that's how many shots this guy took. It was such a bad shot because he went to the corner with Butler on him and then Embiid also joined then the double team and he got it over. Honestly, that shot does not fall ever again. But man, it hugged the rim. Bounce high. Usually if it hits the first bounce of the front rim, it was a side rim up high, either falls in or it fall, or it doesn't go in. But then it hit the rim three more times. That's how soft of a touch was that jump shot by Kawhi Leonard. Yo, Kawhi's the truth. Kawhi's a beast. He just did it with San Antonio, and now he's doing it with a complete different team in his first year after a complete, after having one of the worst seasons in his career, being, you know, with that huge injury and all the, the drama and all the, you know, the controversy of him with his own doctors and stuff like that. So, look, Kawhi is not a, ver- a very verbal individual. He's not one of those it guys. He even had a hard time in the interview, post-game interview, and wanted to get the hell out of there already. He didn't want to talk anymore, but he showed a lot of emotion after hitting that shot. For the first time ever, I've seen Kawhi Leonard showing some emotion after a game and dude that shot that he just nailed you could see the happiness frustration and joy of Kawhi Leonard and that he brought to the city of Toronto it is what it is next up is there's next up for the Raptors is the Bucks and honestly it's a tough matchup it's a tough matchup the Bucks are just such a great team they haven't they you know they've lost one game in the first two rounds consistently beating both of their matchups because they, they destroyed Boston except for game one. And then the first round was just, you know, it was a complete sweep. I think it's going to be a little different. Talent-wise, I think that the Bucks have better talent. But I'm going to give the edge to the Raptors. Seven games. And the Raptors are actually going to beat the Bucks. I think the magic for Giannis starts, stops. Because Giannis needs to, just like Jordan, just like LeBron, they need to go through these tough playoffs. And usually they lose against veteran teams like Toronto. I think Toronto is going to slow this game down. I think Toronto is going to make it sloppy. Toronto is going to play Toronto ball. And they win in seven if Kyle Lowry has a beast of a series because he was nowhere to be found in this whole playoff. Kyle Lowry is the X factor. And I think that he's going to show up an average 15 or 17 a game. And that's going to be the difference of the game. Siakam needs to get back to basics. Kawhi's got to do Kawhi things. Overall, I think Toronto's going to win in seven. That's right. Toronto in seven games. And talking about seven games, man, what about the Trailblazers versus the Nuggets? This is a series of so it all, man. Back, back and forth games. They won one. They won the other one. They went up 2-1. They tied a game. There was a four-overtime game in this series. What else can you say? Damian Lillard, big game Dame, and McCollum are the two, two of the most underrated backcourt in the game. Damian Lillard had a horrible game. He went 3 for 17 with 13 points. You know, he had 10 rebounds, 8 assists, had a horrible game. 
McCollum stepped up. And this is the beautiful thing about this backcourt. Damian doesn't mind deferring to McCollum for him to have a huge game. And McCollum only had one three. Everything else was just pretty much taking it to the hole. You know what I mean? Taking it to the hole, floaters. I mean, he had that big shot with a, you know, with a step back, quick jump shot from the elbow. He was hitting everything. And the part that, you know, they have a lot of good role players like Turner, uh, Leonard, Collins that go in and play some positive minutes with rebounds and blocks and play some good defense. The role players are important to the Blazers and they're going to have to step up if they're going to beat the the Warriors. I think the Warriors with Kevin Durant is a really short series, but without Kevin Durant, it might go six games. Kevin Durant in there, which they don't expect Kevin Durant to come back until game three. You're looking at six games, more or less. What can you say about the Denver Nuggets, young squad? This team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. The Joker, again, had not his best game, but he did score 29 points and 13 rebounds from Nikola Jokic. He, the guy is a beast. He's a goofy-looking bastard, fat boy, but he could play ball. Uh, I think that uh, Murray had a real off night, 4 for 18, and then nobody else showed up. That was the difference of the game. The bench contributed more for um, for the Trailblazers, on not just offense, but also on the defensive side. That's what made the difference of the game. Big shot by McCullough. But you know what? Hey, Denver Nuggets have to keep their head up, man. They got a young rookie. Who didn't play this year? I forget the guy's name. Porter. He's going to start playing summer ball. So that's another piece they're going to add to the puzzle of that young squad. And they got to be a force, force to be reckoned with. And they're going to take over for Houston as the team that's going to give the Warriors, uh, a, you know, bang for their buck. Uh, who's going to compete with them. So, hey, keep your head up, Denver. You got a positive and a lot of uh, good to come with that young team that you have. And you got to be adding pieces to Jokic and, and Murray. It's no shame in the way they played. They played really well. It's a young squad, man. I think it was Portland's time. Dame Lillard and McCullough have been together for a while. I call them Splash Brothers 1.5, uh, which is funny. You're going to have two of the best backcourts going at each other and Clay and Steph and McCullough and um, Damian Lillard. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of shooting, a lot of three-pointers, a lot of a lot of taking taking people off the dribble, a lot of ankle-breaking. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be sweet. I, I, it's going to go six games with the fact that um, Durant is not going to play probably until like game three. But it's going to be very, very fun. I think, uh, you know, Portland is hungry and they've been there. They've been swept many times. They've left the first round. They've hit, they've, they beat some teams, they've obviously some teams, but they've also been the teams that have lost. So I think it's going to be an entertaining series. But the Warriors are going to take this in six games. And talking about the Warriors, what about the performance for Steph Curry on Friday night? He was with no points in the first half, three turnovers, foul trouble comes and just puts the team on his back. I don't want to say that because Clay Thompson was carrying the squad in the first half. And with great contribution from Miguadala, Kevin Looney with 14 points, man. I mean, 11 from Livingston. The bench came up too. You know, the bench actually has been playing horrible. They're, they've been getting outplayed overall by the uh, bench of the Rockets, but they came up huge in game six. Steph, remember what I said last podcast? about less than a week ago, is the time for Harden to step up, shine, translate his regular season success into the postseason. And Steph now to let everybody know that there needs to be some respect put on his name because he's been doing it. He won a championship without Durant. He's a two-time league MVP, unanimous MVP. Playoffs, he hasn't been the best performer, but he's also performing hit big shots. Proved it all over again. The fact that he had 17 points in the fourth quarter with three and a half left and finished with 33, that tells you all. Two huge shots, two huge step-back jump shot threes that were defining part of the game. 
made the right pass, the right play, because he kept getting double team. Kind of trying to, they were trying to trap him in that fourth quarter, you know, trying to force a turnover. But man, out of those double teams, he was even making the right pass, which led to a score, whether it was off his assist or off a second pass from the, from the you know, like Draymond Green, one that he, he was trapped on the side on top of the key, passed it over to Draymond, and then Draymond found Iguodala on the uh, corner and hit a three. Those are the kind of plays. He either made the right pass that led to a score via his assist or another pass because he was getting double team or trapped on top of the key or on the side. It just, he did it all. It was an impressive, you know, half of a game, as impressive as I've ever seen anybody. Because not just a scoring, and not scoring in the first half, but also the ability to hit big shots that put them ahead and kept them ahead. He also went 11 for 11 in free throws. I mean, he didn't have a great series when he came to shooting percentages. He did not shoot well from three in the whole series. I think like 29 or 30%, which is unlike Steph. But here's the difference. The Rockets had the opportunity to take this to game seven and hopefully win. James Harden had 35 points. He's played well. Not going to bash him all the way. So did Chris Paul. Paul had a, not a great series. Average 13 point a game. But the last, but this game six, he scored 27. The bench let them down, which has been one of their huge catalysts. The bench of Golden State, with Loon, leading with Looney for 14 points and 11 from Livingston, and you had contributions also on defense, was a huge factor in this win. Apart from Steph Curry, of course, being a beast and putting the team on his back. And the Splash Brothers, actually. The Splash Brothers combined. I mean, they had 60 freaking points all right, in this game. Both of these cats combined. That was huge. Again, going back to the Rockets, you know, both Harden and Paul had a great game. You know, Eric Gordon for once did not show up. Tucker had his normal output, but did not get rebounds in double digits like he's been averaging. And that's a huge factor in this game. They kept Tucker off the board. Capella had 10 points. Gordon didn't show up. And then the whole bench disappeared. Nine points for Rivers was the best. And then look, Shumpert, who's been playing positive minutes, didn't do anything. And that's it. That's pretty much it. The other part, I think the reason why the Golden State Warriors, apart from everything I just mentioned, one is superior coaching by Steve Kerr. See, Mike D'Antoni's shoot more threes and take a lot of threes. It's a beautiful game to watch. It works well in the regular season. But if you notice throughout his career with Phoenix... New York and Houston two years in a row, it comes to an end that it dries up and the threes stop falling or teams adjust to that particular style at one point in the series or the game, which would happen here with Golden State. Then Tony is very loosey-goosey. He's a player's coach. They love his style, so he lets them play. That's why there's so much iso ball with James Harden. That's why they let him shoot threes as much as they can. But his attention to detail is not as great as Steve Kerr. See, Steve Kerr is able to adjust, not just on offense, but also on defense. They made it really difficult for James Harden to hit some threes at the end of the game. There were some times that he would try to do his step back thing, but they, they would double team him. They would throw an extra defender on him. They would flash a defender on him. They were doing a lot of good things to disturb to dis- you know disturb his game. Same thing with Paul. It was it was a beautiful thing to watch. Kerr definitely outcoached. The loose, run and gun up and down the court, shoot more threes style of the Rockets. And look, both teams shot three point, you know, the three point percentage was in the 40s for both teams. 
they only hit they took they, they took about the same amount of shots and actually Houston hit one more. But I think what happened here was the fact that Golden State was able to make the right stops at the right time because it was a close game throughout. It was a close game throughout the whole game. And in the fourth quarter, like the last two minutes, they put the clamps down on Harden and Chris Paul. That was the bottom line. Steph's brilliance, killer clay, toughness, and making sure that I'm on a play because I'm Mr. Game 6, and I'm going to come up big because he got 27 points and hit some huge, huge threes. He went 7 for 13, man. He hit seven threes. Iggy, 5 for 8. You can't complain with that, man. And then Kerr was able to adjust and adapt and call the right place and also apply the right defense during the time that was needed at the right time. So that's the difference of the game. Brilliance by Steph. Brilliance by Clay. The bench stepped up and Steve Kurt outcoached the crap out of that team and outcoached Mr. D'Antoni by a lot. Let me close out this segment and say it in Steve Kerr's words. The Golden State Warriors were fucking giants tonight. Actually, they were fucking giants in game five and six. Let's get to the next round, Western Conference Finals. Here we go. It's going to be fun. And in closing, the sport of boxing lost one of their great ones. And this one wasn't a boxer. It was Harold Letterman, the famed Hall of Fame boxing. You know, it was a, it was a judge. It was a boxing judge. Everybody knows him from uh, HBO Boxing and also was the unofficial scorer for more than 30 years for HBO. Anybody that it's a boxing fan knows Harold Letterman and grew up around listening to Harold Letterman just go in in HBO boxing and giving his round per round a breakdown of the score you know how, how why he scores a certain way and that voice was always a part of the sport it was something that you know he had a long battle with cancer and he died at the age of 79 I just mentioned that he was just man he was just a, a loved he was loved in the boxing family and to me, boxing has a lot of great memories. I mentioned this in one of my podcasts before. I watched HBO Boxing growing up, and Letterman was always a big part of that particular show. As the unofficial uh, scorekeeper, he gave you, he broke down his scores, and he would tell you exactly how he felt and why this he was scoring this particular round because either the other guy sucked or he wasn't putting in an effort. And he was just, it went right hand in hand with Larry Merchant, Max Kellerman. You know, when you had all these guys uh, do the do the uh, the fights with Roy Jones and stuff like that. So it was it was awesome having him on the sidelines on the on the side of the ring. You know, giving you his thoughts on the score and giving you his opinion was always a welcome sight, and it just made the sport better when you were watching that fight. It's hard to see a boxing match without Letterman jumping in every other round and giving you his insight of why he scored a round a particular way. Uh, this past week, his daughter Julie. She actually is also a judge and also a, uh, a scorer, you know, a ring scorer, unofficial ring scorer who actually does some fights also. And she posted on Facebook, today I lost my hero. I love you, Dad. And today, a huge, huge personality and a huge star in the fight game is no longer with us. Rest in peace, Harold Letterman. We uh, will probably hear you calling some fights up there with uh, up in heaven and the pearly gates. With Muhammad Ali, maybe Rocky Marciano, and a lot of these great fighters have passed away that you were you probably saw in in person when they were alive. Thank you for the memories. Rest in peace, my brother. That's all I got this week. We got back to the grind with NBA, baby, and I'm looking forward to the next of Western Conference Finals. Thank you very much for listening to all my loyal listeners. I appreciate you all, my new listeners. You know the deal. Go ahead and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. Links below for Twitter and all my 
and all the platforms you could follow and uh, rate and subscribe and listen to this podcast. I appreciate the love as always. And your boy will be back next week. This is your boy, E-Man, signing out. Peace.